sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting with her child's birth through the months of her baby's life. Today, we continue our conversation in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over 12 months, we will be following three new mothers along their breastfeeding journeys, learning how they cope with breastfeeding challenges and settle into the breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. This is The Boob Group, episode 55. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined The Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, special giveaways, and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. We also have something cool going on right now. It's a Mother's Day giveaway. If you go to our website, theboobgroup.com, and go under the giveaway section, you have a chance to be entered for one of these fantastic three prizes. So the first one is the Safety First Advanced Solutions Collection. It has lots of great items such as the no-touch thermometer, which is awesome in our house, the nasal aspirator, which is my kid's least favorite thing in the cupboard, and some oral care and hairbrush and comb and nip cl- nail clippers and things like that. Nip clippers. <laughs> <laughs> nail clippers, no nip clippers. Another thing you could be entered for is the new mobile go carrier which is um, perfect for older babies on the go as well as the peak away four-in-one essentials nursing kit so this is a cute little bag that holds a nursing pillow a built-in changing pad with removable wipes and a nursing cover that ensures privacy even in public so go ahead to our website and enter the raffle copter giveaway and you could be entered for one of these three fantastic prizes So today, Jen is actually on vacation with her family, so we have our other two lovely panelists in the studio. Would you like to introduce yourselves, please? Sure. Hi, I'm Cherry Christensen. I'm 32, and I work in consumer research, and I have one daughter. Her name is Callie, and she is 10 months old. And I'm Annie Hall. I'm 36 years old, almost 
37, but 37 in two weeks. still younger than Ms. Robin Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a daughter who's almost 12 months, Ellie, and uh, that's it. All right. I know I was telling my husband yesterday on the way home from <laughs> driving somewhere, I'm like, I'm going to be 37 in two weeks. Like, that seems really, really old to me. Yeah. And he's like, it's not. Like, I feel young. I can't believe I've been, you know, alive 37 years. I'm like, I know. But when you say 37, it just seems old. Yeah. So I apologize for anyone listening who's over 37. I swear you're not old, but just I feel really <laughs> old at 37. It's just no, that no, I feel old. like I was just 16. That's, I know. That's why 37 suddenly feels like, holy cow, that's two decades ago. I know. So, I know. Crazy. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So here's a question that we received on our Facebook page. This is from Adrian, and it says, Hi, Robin. I came to this page with a question I had about weaning a toddler and came across this podcast. So helpful. With my oldest son, I had been told by a lactation consultant and attachment parenting specialist that if I didn't wean him by 18 months, it could become a child-led weaning issue. She said that if I chose to wean after 18 months, it would be very hard for him both cognitively and emotionally. This caused me a lot of stress because I didn't want a nursing four-year-old, so I weaned him right before he turned 18 months. Luckily, it was an easy process and turned out to be very mutual. Ashton is now 15 months, and my goal is to make it to two years. But I was worried about traumatizing him if I was ready to wean and he wasn't. From listening to this podcast, I now feel that it's not so much the age of the child, but rather that the child is gently weaned over a period of time. Sorry for the lengthy post, but I've just been thinking about this a lot, and I wanted your thoughts. Thanks. Hi, Adrian. This is Andrea Blanco, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Ashton sounds like a very lucky toddler to have a mom who's so concerned with his well-being. As you mentioned, weaning at any age should be done gently if possible. I've helped many mothers wean their toddlers at different ages and haven't noticed that any one age is necessarily easier or more difficult than the other. The children who show the most resistance are also the ones who have the strongest personalities. Uh, As long as the process is done with love and patience and understanding, Ashton will follow your lead. When you're ready, consistency is key and understanding that sometimes you and him may take three steps forward only to take two back. Best of luck to you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So 
So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing with Annie and Cherry their breastfeeding experiences and what they've been like during their baby's 10th and 11th month. I realize we're kind of, Cherry said in the last episode that we recorded that she doesn't want to round up that uh, her baby's yeah. in her 11th what month. Today? But today's, today's the... the yeah, so she, well, she'll be she'll be 11 months in a, in a week. By okay. the time this airs, she'll be 11 months. Okay. So, okay. And Annie's <laughs> will be just cutting it into that 11th month because she's going to be a year. I can't believe it. Um, so ladies, what has it been like to breastfeed? Um, an almost or an 11 month old what does your breastfeeding relationship look like right now cherry you want to go first um active (laughs) (laughs) it is i remember when she was when she was first born and i would see all these pictures on the internet of you know sort of nursing toddlers and getting into all these weird positions and things like that and now i truly truly can understand and relate to that because she can't sit still to nurse sometimes i mean it's early early in the morning or late at night are still my favorites just because that's when it's kind of most peaceful <laughs> but I mean, the positions that she'll get into and now that she's standing you know we, we may be laying on the couch but she wants to stand and nurse and <laughs> she'll go from the left to the right to the left to the right uh, not I'm not exaggerating the speed yeah. at which that happens <laughs> um, and then her newest thing which I think I may have mentioned last month I'm not sure but she likes to hold on to the nipple that she's not <laughs> nursing <laughs> It's a volume control. You didn't know that? Well, that's... So that's actually exactly how she's treating it. She will she'll grab it between her thumb and her little, you know, pincer, the little pincer grasp, and she's holding onto the nipple and she will sort of dial it like it's, oh, you no. know, like she's adjusting the you know, radio station or something. Yeah. Um, she's crying. adjusting the speed. I would yes. not be able to handle that. <laughs> I would just so, lose it. So that that has been every single nursing session for the last week or two. Um, we, we were on vacation, which I know we're going to talk about, so I'll, I'll save that. But thankfully, when we were kind of out, and about on vacation she actually didn't do that that much but <laughs> I do I do sleep without a shirt most nights just because it's been so much easier with nursing because then I don't have to worry if she can't find it and she's <laughs> fussing and then I don't have to wake up as fully but then the downside is at night she has such easy access to the little radio dial that she can just grab hold and so when she's doing that left right left right she'll switch too so she's <laughs> she's <laughs> she's nursing on the left she's holding on the right then she's nursing on the right and she's holding on to the left. Oh, my god! And I have to share a funny story because the other night, I mean, it's... I thought that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to share another funny story in that I decided that my husband needed to experience this. So I obviously was not nursing with my husband. But I said to him, I was like, "Just, I just want you to imagine this. And so I simulated it with one hand. I was just like kind of like cupping one side. And then I was like tweaking his nipple on the other side. And he's like, oh, my God, that's so irritating. Stop it. And I was like, no, wait, wait. It's just been like two seconds. Hold on. And then I switched into the other side. And then he was laughing. He was like, oh, my God, that's ticklish. That's irritating. That's annoying. Uh-huh. Whatever. It's and so much simu- stimulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this has been this has been like one minute. Are you joking? Like, this is my life all day. So, oh so yeah. So, it's it's been, it's definitely been very, um, very entertaining. And she's still not doing solid. So, this is what we do all day long. But it's, it's all good. We're having a good time. That's awesome. How about you, Annie? I just think this is so interesting because it's so opposite. My experience is so opposite <laughs> of yours. Um, Ellie is, is well, I am I think I'm in transition of just breastfeeding her twice a day um, and stopping to pump at work. That's great. Which is really nice. Um, but it's, it's and then I remember feeling like, what? how am I going to do that? How am I going to stop? <laughs> and now it just feels like it's, it's the energy in me, it feels like it's ready to stop. And so it's just sort of happening. And the the energy for me to like keep working or I don't feel stressed out about um, 
that needing to, to, to pump. Yeah. So um, that I recognize that and, and know that I'm ready to stop pumping at work, which is great. So I'm a little nervous about sort of now that I'm not pumping um, and then transitioning to, to not breastfeeding. So then I'm going to have to take care of all the food for her and yeah. making sure I have the right foods in the house and then making sure I have food made for when I get home from work. And so that's I'm a little stressed out about that. But um, but as far as breastfeeding, I'm I'm now I'm sort of looking forward to just breastfeeding her in the morning and at night and cherishing those two times. And um, I Jesse asked me what I wanted to do tomorrow for Mother's Day, and I said I just want to I just want her on me. Yeah, I just want to wear her. So <laughs> I um, I'm feeling maybe that sort of through that transition that I'm wanting to hold her close as much as possible. Um, and she's walking all over the place. I know. It's she great. is? Yes. She walked across my kitchen a couple of oh days ago. Oh, my gosh. We like, Holy cow. So, oh, my gosh. You know, she's never, as far as breastfeeding, she's never uh, switched positions or stood or she does <laughs> all those things on her own, but she, like, she nestles in and she just stays on one side and then she pulls off when she gets frustrated and I put her back on and, and – that's just the way it's been. And when, when it, we've breastfed, um, it's usually me going to get her to bring her on. She never has crawled up or walked up. So it's very interesting because it's a totally different experience. Oh, Callie will tell me. She still, I sign milk with her every single day, multiple times a day. She will not sign milk. But when she wants it, she will crawl over to me and start grabbing at my clothes. <laughs> she'll pull my clothes off. Um, you know, sometimes if she can't get the shirt off, she'll just try latch on anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's so interesting. She knows what she wants when she wants I it. I love how different it is. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so what's the easiest part of breastfeeding right now and kind of what's the most challenging, would you say? Cherry, how about you first? Easy. Um, well, I was actually just at a La Leche League meeting uh, two days ago, and I think sometimes you forget. Well, actually, no, it's a good thing we forget, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't do this all over again. But mm-hmm. I was just watching a mom with a sort of brand new little squish that was only a couple weeks old, um, you know, struggling with you know, getting the baby to latch. And I think I take that for granted. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind is like, I don't have to worry about latch. So anyone out there that's listening, that's struggling with the latch right now with a little <laughs> itty bitty baby, it won't won't last forever. So I think um, that's easy. Just, you know, I don't have to worry so much about her cues anymore. It's, although that's been, that's not unique to 10 or 11 months. That's been for a while. But um, we're just, we're just really in, in sync with one another. Everything kind of feels a lot easier these days. So cool. Anything challenging? Anything challenging? Besides um, the nipple tweaking. The nipple tweaking, <laughs> probably. Yeah, what's what's challenging? Um, if there's nothing, you don't have to say I anything. Think, <laughs> I think I wish, I think what I mentioned before about the, the signing, you know, I've, we've, we took sign language classes from when she was only about um, 10 or 11 weeks old. I started signing with her from the day she was born. Like, she should be... Sp- speaking fluent <laughs> language at the rate we're going um all i want is milk you know that's all i want and that to me i wish that um i could get her to communicate a little bit better i certainly know when she wants it <laughs> but the like sc- sometimes if my husband's holding her she'll start having like a little tantrum the crawling all over me the clawing at my shirt um it would just be so much easier if she could she just, just do, this. <laughs> do the and I'm, I'm doing the little milk sign for milk right now for those who can't see um that would that's challenging yeah. you know it it's not a deal breaker and we'll keep trying but that would just make things a little easier if she could just be like hey I want some milk and then we'd have to we can skip the whole like fussing part absolutely (laughs) how about you Annie what's what's the easiest what's the what's the most challenging I I think that um, maybe I don't know what's easiest because it's easy so her um, transferring to bottle to other people has been so easy I haven't had to worry about that from the beginning so I'm really grateful that 
I can work and not worry about what she's doing during the day and, and what she's taking because she just takes the bottle so great. Um, and so I think my challenge coming up is just translating to um, coconut milk and, and going weaning. That's my challenge because I'm, I'm a little nervous about um, just making sure she has the right food and, and I don't know. It's a new thing to obsess about. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, Cherry, you just got back from a vacation with your family, and I know Annie has a big trip up on the horizon. Um, so what was it like traveling with an almost 11-month-old, and any travel tips for parents with a crawling baby? Yeah, it was it was actually great. Um, I never traveled with her earlier, not, not, uh, not on a plane anyway. And um, so I really didn't know what to, what to expect. And we were originally, this trip was supposed to be something that we did um, when she was about three months old and due to some like postpartum complications we there was no way we were traveling and in hindsight I think oh gosh that would have been so much easier I just would have had this you know sort of chill sleeping baby but um but it was great she she was wonderful I would say you know baby wearing was key I you know standing at the airport in the airport parking lot going looking at all these different carriers that I brought with me trying to decide which one and I was like ah oh, screw it I'll just bring all of them mm-hmm. and so I ended up taking about four different um, wraps or carriers or slings with me I used every single one of them at some point on the trip and then on the actual flying part and are you going to be flying on your trip or driving you'll be we'll flying. flying we'll both on, on the f- <laughs> yeah so both for, so on the on the actual flying part I um, I wore her on on the plane I wore her throughout the whole airport you know, we don't own a stroller so that wasn't everyone's like oh take the stroller and I'm like well we don't even have one so and I'm glad we didn't I wore her through the whole airport I was a little bit worried about you know wanting wanting to give her time to kind of crawl around but then also kind of being a little icky yeah the touching airport the, yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually just wore her the whole time and when her, her free time you know and sort of in quotes was taking her out of the carrier and letting her sort of play around on our laps I didn't really let her actually crawl around the airport but um, it was actually fairly fairly easy, and I think baby wearing and breastfeeding were the two things that uh, really got us through. We had four flights, two to our destination, and then two back. And on the on the third flight, which was actually a red eye, which was the one that I was like the most petrified yeah. about, because if you have a screaming baby at two in the afternoon, people are going to be annoyed, but no one's really got this expectation of having good night's sleep. Although people shouldn't have an expectation of a good night's sleep on a red eye yeah. either. But at, on a red eye, you know, the lights are dim. People are expecting it to be quiet. And she slept from about 10 minutes after takeoff. And she was still asleep when we got off the plane nice. in Los Angeles. And I, I of course, did not sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I slept maybe an hour or two because she kept waking up. And every time she would sort of, like, wake up, I would just shove a boob in and just <laughs> keep her, you know, keep her asleep. But a guy in a, a row, one or two, rows in front of me turned around to me um, as we were sort of getting off the plane and he's like oh my god he's like I did not hear your baby once like what did you give your baby and I think he was thinking like, <laughs> like I dramamine had, or something yeah that I had drugged her or something and I was so like I was so out of it at the time it's six o'clock in the morning we haven't slept in like two days that I just kind of smiled and I said oh I'm so you know I'm just really grateful and he's like no I'm really grateful but um, but then afterwards, I was like, oh, why didn't I tell him, like, milk, mommy's milk. That's what I gave her, you know, baby Ambien. Um, but yeah, so it was um, it was it was really it was really great. So those would be my tips to you, Annie. Is definitely have like a, a good um, carrier if you have one to or borrow one from someone for the plane. And that kind of keeps baby close and 
sort of eliminates, especially if she's walking now, because she might want to be running up and down the aisle. So if she is walking, then I would say let her do that at the airport. Find a little sort of quiet, secluded place where you can let her run around and get that energy out maybe before the plane. Yeah, good tip, good tip. Um, oh, and Cherry, also one other question um, before we get to our break. You had mentioned that bef- on before the show, you and I had spoken that you hadn't pumped while you were on vacation because you were together. Um, and then when you got back, you noticed your pumping output yes. had gone down. Yes. So has it gotten better it since you've been has, back at work? It has gotten better, so okay. much better than I actually woke up this morning and I was brushing my teeth and all of a sudden my leg felt wet. <laughs> and I looked down and I was totally leaking and I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell Robin. Um, <laughs> Because, yes, I didn't, I, we weren't gone for that long, but there was a weekend before and on either end. And so I actually ended up not pumping for um, going on 10 or 11 days. And I've always had an oversupply. And I think that on this trip was the first time that I didn't. It was, you know, it's been a long time since I've been um, exclusively breastfeeding with no pumping. And I think just that in those 10 days, miraculously, for the first time ever, we just got into total sync. rhythm and sync with sort of our demand and supply. And there what just was was no excess and so when I came back to work and I pumped the first time um, you know and I, I don't want to make people feel bad because I'll say my poor output and then someone will be like that's more than I ever get but for me it was less it was about 50% less than I normally pumped and I kind of freaked out I was sitting there in the nursing room texting Rob and being like oh. <laughs> and um, and then the next day was just a little bit better and then on Thursday which was kind of day three it, it was like a slight it was like maybe half an ounce more but each day was just going up and up until yesterday was um, pretty much back at my my normal and there is no normal I mean my variance can really um, depend from from day to day but it was more in line with my average and um, and it was the first day that I went into the pumping room feeling like I need to pump because I hadn't had that feeling but every other session that I had this past week was more just me looking at the clock and being like all right it's been three hours I should go and um, I feel yeah, I feel, good, <laughs> I feel a good, lot of a lot glad. of relief, and and so I, it was definitely a day of worry, and I definitely dipped into my freezer for the first time, which was a new experience. But everything's better. Very cool. All right. Well, when we come back, Annie and Cherry will discuss how much they plan to continue to pump at work. I know Annie's kind of touched on that already, and what they feel most proud about as they are approaching their baby's first birthdays. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Annie and Cherry about breastfeeding during their baby's 11th month. And so, Annie, now that Ellie is eating so much solid food, you had mentioned um, that you're thinking about cutting out that pumping session at work. Um, Do you think you'll drop it in the near future? Have you already started? Well, I didn't do it uh, yesterday. How'd your boobs feel? They, they okay? were they were fine, <laughs> um, but I fed her when I got home. So earlier than, and then I didn't feed her when, before she went to sleep. But that was because we went out. So I probably would have done a couple of times. So at dinner and then at, before she and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, in talking with uh, her care provider, she um, told me that she was just wasn't that interested in the bottle as much. So I just I cut that down to one bottle, which it's sort of still the same amount of milk 
but I just put it in one bottle. Maybe yeah. it's a little bit less. Um, and so that's kind of my goal is to just have her supplement during the day with, uh, like, a, I think I'm going to start with coconut milk. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. So I might try that this week. I, what I think what I'm trying to do is wean before I go on the two-week trip. Yeah. Um, or at least, I, I don't know, because there's something else that's coming up in July that we're going to be gone for, and I don't want her to have to have breast milk during that weekend. So I think that's the end of July is my goal to be completely done. Okay. Um, have you switched her to a sippy cup yet? I knew that my yes. kids, as, yeah, as soon as my kids started getting something other than breast milk in a bottle, they were like, I don't want this bottle anymore. And so we just switched straight to sippy cup, which was nice and easy. So that was that she has uh, cups with straws and cups with sippy. Uh-huh. So I, I haven't put milk in it yet, though. So that was I was going to do that next. Very cool. Um, Cherry, since Callie is still mostly on breast milk and not too into solids, how often are you pumping at work? I'm I'm still pumping twice uh, at work. I I'm gone usually. It depends, but on average, from sort of nine to six ish, and so I usually will try and pump sometime between eleven and twelve, and then again between two and four, depending on when the first one was. Um, every now and then, I would just pump once a day. Like if I didn't get there at eleven, and all of a sudden it was one o'clock, then it would seem stupid at four thirty to be pumping. When I'm like, if I can just home. stick it out an hour, yeah. I can just go home. So um, I'm still pumping, you know, twice a day, and I had this. Really realization, especially at um, the Slaleche League meeting that I was at, where I was chatting with one or two other moms who had gone through similar, similar experiences, that I will be pumping at work for a while. Because my initial plan was, well, not plan, but I ca- came to this realization a couple weeks into pumping at work when I was hating it, that I was like, I can breastfeed for a really long time and not have to pump for a really long time. Like, those two things don't have to be equal. But because she's not taking any solids, I have to I have to pump. Yeah. I don't really, you know, have a choice about that. So we'll see. I'm not pushing the food thing. She's not interested. I kind of offer. I'm very sort of low key about it. We'll kind of make another try in another month or two or three. We'll see. But she's growing. She's growing and she's great and she's healthy and she's gaining weight like a champion. And she's almost tripled her birth weight and she's only 10 months. So I'm... I'm not worried. If she wasn't growing, I'd probably be a little bit more um, freaked out about it. Other people are more freaked out about it. Like way, this, I just get way more weird reactions from other people. Like she's not eating anything. And I'm like, you know, have you ever met an adult that doesn't eat? Like everyone will eat eventually, <laughs> right? You know, someone said that to me the other day and I was like, oh, of course. Like he's like, I've never met a child that didn't eat at some point. So um yeah, and I'm, I'm, we have no food allergies in my family. I was always an adventurous eater when I was a kid, and my parents really encouraged that. So I'm like, you know what, we'll just we'll wait till we get there. In the meantime, I'll just enjoy this because mm-hmm. I have those days and those moments where it's really frustrating, but then I think to myself, oh, my gosh, I can just fast forward a couple of years and just remember this and be like, oh, I missed that. So I try and be in the moment and just in, enjoy it and not obsess too much about what's happening, but at the same time just be comfortable and accept the fact that I will probably be pumping twice a day at work for at least you know another couple months yeah absolutely um annie now that you are coming up upon ellie's first birthday which totally made me cry (laughs) (laughs) are are you starting to think about this weaning completely you had just mentioned you're kind of aiming for july so have you thought about how you're going to do that uh no want some help (laughs) you do help well, I was going to say, actually, the way that you're doing it is is perfectly appropriate. You just start dropping either a pumping session or you drop a feeding um, very casually mm-hmm. <laughs> and just do it slowly. So the way that you've been doing it is actually, you, 
you followed your intuition and it's been perfect. So I have a question. If if someone wants to do that, would they drop um, and let's say there was normally a I'm just making this up a two o'clock feed or a two o'clock um, pumping session. Would you drop that two o'clock consistently every day or would it be like maybe on Wednesday you do it and Tuesday you don't and Thursday and, and sort of a slow gradual. So it's first you're doing it every day, then it's every other day, then it's maybe every third day. Like how much of a transition do you need to drop it completely? Great question. To be honest, there's no there's no straight way to do it. It really is just kind of tuning into your body. So if a mom dropped it, say Monday, she dropped it a, f- a pumping session, for example. Those those ones are lovely to get rid of. <laughs> the, the pumping session at work on Monday. And Tuesday, she went, she was planning on dropping it too, but she felt like she was getting a plug duct um, or felt really, really full, much more full than the day before. Um, then maybe she pumps Tuesday and then she takes off Wednesday. Um, it usually, Typically, I recommend just dropping it, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday along. But at the same time, I'll find moms like four days into it feeling like, eh, I just need to release the pressure at that time and then we'll go back into it. So it really is just a matter of following your intuition, following your body, making sure that your breasts are never getting too uncomfortable so that way it it ends up causing plug ducts, mastitis, milk blisters, things like that. So, um, but, and also choosing ones that are, a lot of, most moms I find save the wake one right when the baby wakes up right when the baby goes to bed or as child you know who knows how how well they are when they're feeding them so you know wake up in the morning going down to bed and then maybe a nap one as well those are the hardest ones to get rid of because they're the most squishy then (laughs) and so like there's nothing better than pulling a baby into bed with you nursing them and then you guys get to snuggle or actually go to sleep for another hour or two I mean that's fantastic or nursing them to sleep and then they fall asleep on you and Anna you've said too like Ellie will pull off and then just pop her thumb into her mouth and Mm -hmm. she's like okay I'm done Mm -hmm. and then she falls asleep in your arms or she's so snuggly in your arms and so those ones are the hardest ones to get um, to end on and so really getting rid of the middle of the night ones as well as the middle of the day ones are kind of the easiest transition and then you choose which one is your absolute most favorite time? And you save that one for the last. And then you just kind of ease your way out of it. Um, but there are some moms who will keep those um, beginning of the day and end of the night um, for months, you know, because they're just mom and baby are just enjoying those so much and they work so well in their lives that they actually just don't even get rid of those. I've had moms also whose babies have been, I think Ellie will be about 14 months when you go away. Um who've, you know, had a couple breastfeeding sessions, they have to go out of town for a couple days, they end up not pumping, and they come back, and they actually keep nursing after that. So they just kind of jump back into it. And the baby's probably not getting, you know, a full feeding for those mornings or evening ones. But that cuddle time was so important that they just jump right back into it too, or they don't. You know, I've seen both ways. But um, it really, it, it's whatever works best for the family. So, but just paying attention to your breasts and making sure that they're not ready to explode because you're <laughs> getting rid of, you know, dropping feedings and maybe that's not the best one to drop. So then when you drop those feedings, um, do you then supplement with like a milk? It depends. Do you have to? No, you don't okay. have to. That's the thing. We're all very focused on calcium and mm-hmm. trans- transitioning over to dairy 
I'll say this because the dairy industry um, and so is so prevalent. Um, and so to be honest, no, um, you know, baby's normal weaning age in the world is, you know, about four to seven. And so they're getting mom's milk. They're not getting as much as they are getting in that first year. But that that's their nutrition as well. They're they're liquid. But you can switch to water. You can switch to coconut milk. You could switch to a little bit of, you know, even juice and water mixed together. But there doesn't have to be a milk substance. Okay. So you can choose whichever, whatever you want to put in there. So if it's going to do coconut milk, hemp milk, mm-hmm. almond milk, anything like that is totally fine um, at that, you know, one year mark. So I know, right? Lots of interesting <laughs> stuff. All right, ladies, looking back over these past 11 months, what are you most proud about when it comes to breastfeeding? And even what are you most proud about, you know, just being a mom? We're coming up on Mother's Day. So talking about this transition into motherhood. I think in terms of um, just being most most proud about uh, coming to breastfeeding, just that I that I didn't give up. You know, I kind of went into it when I was pregnant saying that I will make this work no matter what, which I think is like a, just probably the number one contributing factor to my success in addition to just a huge bunch of resources and people and support. But I think... I just was determined to make it work. And so sitting here, you know, when you asked the question, you know, at the beginning of the show about, you know, what's easy? And I said, kind of everything's easy. You know, there was definitely a time where I was sitting in my bedroom at three o'clock in the morning, crying my eyes out in pain, being like, oh, my God, like, this is how it's going to be like forever. Because in that moment, you feel like it is. But um, I think that's what I'm really proud of is that I just I didn't give up. And I got to this easy point, even if I have to have my nipples tweaked every time I feed her. (laughs) That this too shall pass. Um, And what am I most proud of with becoming a mother? You know, I think you asked this question actually a couple months ago. And um, I think my answer is probably the same, which was that I've just tapped into this inner voice that I just didn't know that was there and just found this confidence in myself and in, in trusting my own decisions because with with breastfeeding with parenting with sleep with food with everything everyone has an opinion <laughs> everyone has multiple an opinion, opinions multiple opinions and to just be able to kind of tune all of that out not to say that I don't ever ask for advice or listen to people's advice but just to be able to really just trust in myself and just know what's right for my family without feeling influenced by other people so even if what I'm doing is completely different like the food for example the fact that I have a baby that doesn't eat and she's almost a year um, doesn't bother me at all you know and it bothers everybody else but well that's their problem you know they I don't may know not have made the creamy goodness yes. that you make <laughs> <laughs> you know hopefully it's not True. keeping them up at night but um, yeah. it's it's not worrying me so I, I think the only sad part about that is um, we're probably not going to have any cool smash the cake photos or we'll <laughs> do we, we will but they'll probably be when she's three so <laughs> That's okay. But um but yeah, so I think just having that sort of like faith in, in myself is cool. probably what I'm most proud of. Awesome. How about you, Annie? I would say the same thing that I um made it through the full year. Um because you we don't know when you're pregnant that it's gonna be hard to breastfeed. You just think it's just they just latch on, they just get on and that's what happens. Because it's just natural and it's just the way it works. You don't really realize that you have to work at it. Yeah. And that there's all these different things that could happen <laughs> because and nobody talks about it because it doesn't necessarily happen to them. And, 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 and what I'm saying is, is, you know, whether it's mastitis or, um, um, bruises or cuts or, or whatever is happening that gets for that first, you know, few months. And then you get through that place and something new happens or, or whatever, but just sort of going through the roller coaster of the first year of all these firsts, 
Um, so I'm proud of, of being on that other side. Uh, like I'm proud of um, getting through um, delivery and being <laughs> a year now and going, oh my gosh, I want to go back. <laughs> I do. I kind of want to do it again, but not really. But <laughs> I just want to be with Ellie on that day. Now that I know her, I just want to just sit there and just maybe be a fly on the wall of my day. But um, and then I think I, I don't know if it's being proud of of from a mom side, but just that it's just it's settled in to just be so natural. And um, I didn't know. I, I think people talked about this, but I didn't know that it would just feel like she's me. Of course, she's you. <laughs> I mean, she was inside of you. Like I just, but I just didn't know that that of what what that would feel like. And and falling in love with her, and I didn't know that I was going to fall in love. Like it, that. I think people talk about it, but I didn't hear it. I didn't feel it. So it was, that's so sweet. So that's what I feel proud of is is just feeling so natural and um, complete with with uh, being a mom. That that role set in, and that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's ex- I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Well, thank you so much, Annie and Cherry, for chatting with us about breastfeeding your baby during her 11th month. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show. Is Annie and Cherry will be discussing how their perspectives have changed about breastfeeding over these past 11 months. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Before we wrap things up today, here's Denise Altman with some nursing basics for the new mom. Hey there, Boo Group. My name is Denise Altman, and I'm a private practice IBCLC, otherwise known as a registered lactation consultant. Private practice means that I have my own business, and I specialize in prenatal education and breastfeeding support. This session is about prenatal prep to breastfeeding, something I definitely have an opinion about. In addition, this session is for grandma and daddy and other support persons helping the breastfeeding mama. Daddies in particular can really make or break a breastfeeding experience. Oftentimes that important partner is mom's greatest advocate. When when the partner is the daddy and the dad is attending the class, most men think differently than women think. Daddies are great for remembering diaper counts, times, and durations of feedings, that sort of thing. And we'll start taking notes about that, mental notes about that, those facts and topics during the class itself. When mom is in that emotional tailspin of being a new mother all wrapped up in that baby and that feeding experience, oftentimes it's dad who's the one that can kind of pull out those facts from his memory and use that male analytical thinking to help be supportive and help her figure her way through any difficulties or challenges. Grandmas are a great resource in the breastfeeding classes especially. Many grandmas, in my experience, are very interested in breastfeeding. They've heard enough through the media 
to know that this is how things are being done in this day and age. But often, Grandma herself did not breastfeed or didn't have a positive breastfeeding experience. If Grandma's educated prenatally, it's far more likely that she will be a help and advocate for Mama. I love it when I see grandmas coming to feeding consultations or sitting in class because often they have lots of good common sense suggestions about baby care that just help mama as well. I hope that the information in this session can get you started on exploring your options. For additional tips on choosing a breastfeeding class, please visit my website at FeedYourBaby.com and keep listening to the Booth Group. All right, well, this wraps up our show today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Coming up next week, we have Rose Devine jakowitz discussing breastfeeding a baby with jaundice. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.